All right. Go ahead and take your Bibles and turn with me to Acts chapter 16. We are now officially in the second half of the book of Acts. Anybody tired of it yet? Never. Plan is to be done with the book of Acts by the end of this year, but if y'all know me, that might not happen. <laughs> the challenge is, the, the, the temptation for me is to go slow. Um, I love small passages. I love preaching on one verse. Uh, I want to I, I mine the treasures of this. So today we're looking at just five verses. And, uh, and so the title of my message is The Heart of a Witness. So Acts 16, I'm going to give you a little bit of background before we read it. We're just coming off of Acts 15. And in Acts 15, we saw a conflict arise, which we knew was going to happen because now the gospel is not just being proclaimed to Jews, it's being proclaimed to Gentiles as well. And the problem is, is Gentiles do not live in obedience to the law of Moses. Neither do the Jews. But the Gentiles do not even make it a point within their life to. And so there were these Jews that came into the church and they were teaching, saying that you Gentiles need to be circumcised in order to be saved. Well, that was causing a problem. I mean, you tell an adult man he needs to be circumcised, he's not going to be happy. But then now we see that Paul and Barnabas, they, they, they decide that, 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 that this is an issue for the Jerusalem church, the mother church. So they go and they meet in the Jerusalem council and, and Peter's there. James is there, the guy who wrote the book of James, the, 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 the brother of Jesus. And, and, and they make the decision by looking at scripture and by looking at what God has done within the witnessing and the ministry of Paul and Barnabas and, and through Peter, that Gentiles do not need to be circumcised. But there are some stipulations so that there are no offense between Jews and Gentiles. Gentiles are not allowed to eat meat with, with, with blood in it, uh, in the presence of a Jew. Uh, they, they are to abstain from sexual immorality, which that's just a given. And, uh, and, and so they, they have these, um, things that they need to abstain from. Well, then we see at the end of Acts 15, after, after there's this, there's this reconciliation among Jews and Gentiles, after there's this, this win, it seems like, at the Jerusalem Council, there's a new conflict that arises, and it's Paul and Barnabas. Paul's ready to go back to the churches that he went to on his first missionary journey, and he wants to go and see how they're doing. He, he cares about discipleship. He wants to go in and, and see what's going on. They don't have Twitter. They don't have text messages. They don't have Instagram. There's no updates like that. It's usually travel by letter, but even then you are walking to travel to, to deliver that letter. So Paul's like, let's go and see them. Barnabas wants to bring John Mark. Well, Paul doesn't like that. John Mark left him hanging in Pamphylia, and Paul thinks that it, it would be a smarter idea to give him a little bit more time. Barnabas wants to be gracious and kind. Paul has convictions and determination. We talked about that last week, dealing with conflict. And so Paul and Barnabas go their separate ways. Barnabas and John Mark go one way, and then Paul and Silas start their missionary journey. Well, here in Acts 16, this is where 
we are, we're, we're, we're at the beginning of that missionary journey. And Paul and Silas are traveling to Derby and to Lystra. And here in Lystra, we see, we, we meet a character that is going to be influential. We meet Timothy. Timothy, who is a child of the faith to Paul. Timothy, who is a co-worker to Paul. Timothy, who is considered a child to him. There's a relationship between Paul and Timothy. I've got Pauls in my life. I'm their Timothy. They mentor me. They help lead me. They tell me when I'm wrong. And I've got Timothys in my life. At least I think I do. So here we are introduced. Now, here's what I want us to look at. I want us to see Timothy as he is being a witness, as he's having the heart of a witness or even the heart of an evangelist, if you want to call it that. So let's let's read it. Acts 16. If you're there, say word. Word. Man, yeah. Is that Daryl? Who was that? (laughs) Stand with me in the honor of the reading of God's word. Acts 16, verses 1 through 5. Paul came also to Derby and to Lystra. A disciple was there named Timothy, the son of a Jewish woman who was a believer, but his father was a Greek. He was well spoken of by the brothers at Lystra and Iconium. Paul wanted Timothy to accompany him, and he took him and circumcised him because of the Jews who were in those places, for they all knew that his father was a Greek. As they went on their way through the cities, they delivered to them for observance the decisions that had been reached by the apostles and elders who were in Jerusalem. So the churches were strengthened in the faith, and they increased in numbers daily. Let's pray. Father God, help us this morning as we seek the truth of your word. Help us. Help me to proclaim this word. I need your strength. I need your grace. Give me the words. Use me as you see fit. Help us see the truth of the gospel, of the promises that we can have through this. We ask this in your son's precious name we pray. Amen. You may be seated. Eric Liddell, you've heard me mention him a few times. He's a hero of the faith for me. He's a, he's, he's a missionary. His biography, um, and there's several out there of what he did for the cause of the gospel is amazing. I mean, some of you um, may have seen the movie Chariots of Fire. Uh, That's about Eric Liddell, but it's just about the first half of Eric Liddell as the Olympian. He, He was a runner, and he was in the 1920s Paris Olympics, and he he would run the 100-meter race, all right? Only time you'll see me run 100 meters is if I'm being chased. And even then, I'm like, just whatever. <laughs> but he would run the 100, the, the 100 meters. We're here at the Paris Olympics. The 100-meter race was on a Sunday. Well, Eric Liddell was a Christian, and he had convictions to not race on Sunday. So he backed out of the 100-meter race and instead signed up for the 400-meter race. He had not trained for the 400-meter race. 
he had trained for the 100 meter race. But even through that, he ended up winning the gold medal for the 400 meter race. The endurance, the stamina, the strength that he, that he experienced through that was all because of God. But however, that's how the movie Chariots of Fire ends, is, is, is he receives the gold medal. And then you see at the end of the movie a caption that he becomes a missionary to China. Well, that's when the story gets really good. Eric Liddell was a missionary to China in the 1930s and 40s. All right, he, he helped teach children the gospel. He was ministering with his brother. Uh, his wife and his kids were there with him. Now, China in 1941 was dangerous. It was a dangerous time. This was a world war. Japan decides to come over. Japan takes over the mission camp that they had established. Japan turns it into an internment camp. Eric Liddell's wife and kids flee for Canada, but Eric stays because the children that he was teaching and leading and training, the adults that he was pouring into are in this internment camp. So he stays. We, we see with him a heart of a witness. We see with him what it takes to be a witness. And we'll finish the story of Eric Liddell at the end. But here, this is the main idea, the main point that I want to get across to you this morning is, is this. To be witnesses of new life in Christ, to be witnesses of new life in Christ, we must be willing to die to self. All right, that's the main point. To be witnesses of new life in Christ, we must be willing to die to self. We see this with Timothy. Timothy's life has changed. He has, he has experienced new life in Jesus, and we believe it is through the preaching of Paul. We don't know for sure. It is, it, we see in 1 Timothy, it is from his mother and his grandmother's faith as, as they poured into him. But it was through the preaching of Paul in Lystra in the first missionary journey that they came to know Christ. So as Paul has come back, listen, Paul has just, has just passed on John Mark. Okay? He's just passed on John Mark. And that was strategic. It wasn't grudge. It wasn't anger. It wasn't pride or selfishness. It was strategic. Paul did not think John Mark was ready. But he comes into Lystra and he is, he, 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 he meets this disciple named Timothy. He's spoken well of by the brothers in Lystra and Iconium. And Paul wants Timothy to accompany him. We see that in verse three. So Timothy's life has already changed for the gospel. All right. His mother was a, was a, was a, 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 a Jew married to a Greek. You don't do that. That's wrong, according to Jewish custom. And so we think maybe Timothy's mother wasn't a faithful Jew. Maybe she wasn't a practicing Jew. But the issue arises that Timothy is not circumcised. And that's where we see a little bit of conflict. So I've got three things for you this morning. In order for us to be witnesses of new life to Christ, we must be willing to die to self. What does that mean? Number one, we must die to our comforts for the spread of the gospel. 
We must die to our comforts for the spread of the gospel. Now listen, Paul and Silas, they are, they are coming to Derby and Lystra. Does anybody remember what happened in Lystra with Paul at the first missionary journey? The boy got stoned. He got put on his tail. They thought he was dead. They threw him on a trash heap. They left him for dead after attempting to kill him for preaching the gospel in Lystra. Can you imagine Paul stepping back into that city? Paul's a weak man. Okay. He, he talks about it throughout the Bible. He, he deals with sin. There, I'm pretty sure Paul had some concerns. There is a possibility. I would. Every time somebody picked up a pebble, I'd, I'd start ducking. But Paul has come back into Lystra. Why? For the spread of the gospel. He's, he, he, he's, he's come back into the city to see the church that has been planted. So we see Paul is even having to die to his own comforts for the spread of the gospel. We see also Timothy having to die to his comforts for the spread of, of the gospel. We see in verse 3, after, after Paul is being made aware of who Timothy is and, 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 and being spoken well of by the brothers, verse 3, Paul wanted Timothy to accompany him. Paul's asking Timothy, come with me on the missionary journey. Join me as we go and preach the gospel. How is Timothy having to die to his comforts? Have you ever moved away from home? I know when you, I know a lot of you high school seniors, when you turn 18, you're like, man, I can't wait to get out of my parents' house, moving into a dorm room. I'm ready to be an adult. You know, I know, I know that feeling. I moved out of my parents' house at the age of 18. And a month before I turned 19, I moved right back into my parents' house. Realized it was too hard. Adulting is too hard and it's too expensive. But it's hard to leave home. It, it, it really is. It, is. it is hard to leave family. And Paul's asking Timothy to, to, to do this. Leave home and family. Join me on the mission. We are so comfortable, church. We are so comfortable, so comfortable to the point to where we become complacent, to where we are comfortable in our own salvation and we don't want to spread the gospel because we just like living in, in our own security. But understand, we are called to die to our comforts for the spread of the gospel. I've shared the story a little bit of, of us leaving our last church to come here to Red Cross. We had, we had a great ministry at my last church. I mean, I got hired in 2009, I believe, and we had seven youth. And then within the five to six years, we, I was there for six and, and a half years. Within that time, we built that youth ministry up to around 40 kids. I remember one Wednesday night Bible study, we had 65 kids at our Bible study. And it wasn't because we did games, because we didn't. We, we, we taught the Bible. We, we went verse by verse. We tried the games thing. It didn't work. But when you start teaching scripture, for some reason, people come. 
We had a great ministry. I was in three different middle schools and high schools. I had a badge at one middle school where I could enter any athletic event for free. I was considered the campus pastor for a middle school, a public middle school. I loved it. But there was something pulling me out. So when Red Cross had had approached me, the search committee had approached me about coming here, I started out as the youth pastor here, so they wanted me to come here and build the youth ministry up. My wife and I, we had to, we had to pray about it. Search committee was very honest with us. Church was not in a good position. It was, it was dying. A lot of older people, not a lot of younger people. When I got here, when we came to be voted on, we didn't even visit. We came to Sunday to be voted on. It was hard. After, after we felt God answered that prayer that this is, this is where we should be, it was hard. We were leaving something comfortable, something we were established in, something we had set up, and we were coming to something uncomfortable, something needing work. Church, we must die to our comforts for the spread of the gospel. Church, you are going to need to die to your comfort for the spread of the gospel. It, it, it is uncomfortable approaching somebody who needs to hear the gospel. It is. Like, hey man, do you know Jesus? No, you're going to hell. I mean, it's like, it's, it's not fun telling somebody that they're lost and in need of Savior. Nobody wants to be told that. But we are called to die to our comforts. I would rather be uncomfortable and see people come to know Christ than be comfortable and watch people die and go to hell. Being a Christian is a call to be uncomfortable. To have those hard conversations. To get out of our comfort zone. Some of you, it may be going to the mission field. Some of you, it may be picking up and leaving home and family and going to the mission field. For me, it was coming back to my hometown. I went to high school across the street. You know how uncomfortable it is to come back to your hometown as a pastor? People know your history? That's uncomfortable. We're called to be uncomfortable. And we need to see too that Christ, Christ left His comfort and glory on the throne to step into humanity as the incarnated Savior to die for our sins. Do you think He felt any comfort carrying that cross, bleeding, aching in pain, suffering, being spat on, cursed and ridiculed, alone? Do you think he experienced any comfort with that? We are called to be uncomfortable. So one, we must die to our comforts for the spread of the gospel. We see Timothy and Paul are both doing that. Number two, we must die to our freedoms for the sake of the lost. This is going to be a fun conversation. Y'all ready? Verse three. 
Paul wanted Timothy to accompany him. And he took him and circumcised him because of the Jews who were in those places, for they all knew that his father was Greek. (laughs) Timothy, go on the mission field with me. Okay. Got to go take care of something first. I mean, isn't it ironic that this happens right after Acts 15 when the Jerusalem council just said, Gentiles, you do not have to be circumcised in order to be saved. You, you do not have to be circumcised in order to be a part of the church. But you see, here's the, the thing with Timothy. Timothy is not a Gentile. His mom's Jewish. And if one of your parents is Jewish, you're Jewish. So why is it that Timothy needs to be circumcised? Why is this important? If it's, if it's not to be saved, why is it that Paul thinks this is important? He says, Luke tells us in verse 3, And he took him and circumcised him because of the Jews who were in those places. What does that mean? Here's the situation. Here's the problem. If Paul took Timothy, who is a Jew, on a missionary journey and started preaching the gospel to other Jews, he would, Timothy, one, if they found out that he was uncircumcised, would not be allowed in the temple, in the, in the synagogues, and the Jews would not listen to him. They would think he's trying to be Gentile. There would be no credibility for him. There would be no spiritual integrity for him. He would be a potential stumbling block. Some of us may need to die to our freedoms for the sake of the lost. i got friends who are on the international mission field. They have to dress certain ways. They can't walk into, you know, the mission field dressing like an American. People people are not going to listen to you. It may involve sitting across the table from a Buddhist and not ordering a steak. (laughs) It may involve abstaining from certain foods and drinks. It may involve you needing to wear certain clothing. I went and visited a, a Jewish synagogue for one of my undergrad classes. I, I had to do a, um, uh, a paper on this, on this Jewish synagogue, but I decided to choose the Reformed Jewish synagogue. And that does not mean what you think it means. I learned that real quick. It means, it means liberal. Does not mean conservative. It means liberal. The, 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 the Jewish, um, man, my mind just went blank. Who are the, who are the preachers? Rabbi, thank you. Jewish rabbis, y'all, I'm going on four hours. Jewish rabbi was a woman. And in this Jewish synagogue, men and women can, men and women can, can be in the same room. And you, they, they all can wear a yarmulke or not. It's like, this is weird. If I would have gone to an Orthodox Jewish temple, I would have had to wear a yarmulke to be in their presence to talk with them. I would have to do that. I would not, I would not neglect that. 
I don't want that to be a barrier between me and somebody else. We must die to our freedoms for the sake of the lost. I'm not talking about a license to sin for the sake of the lost. But we must die to our freedoms. One of my commentaries is said in regards to Timothy. It says, while circumcision made Timothy more of a Jew, it did not make him any more of a Christian. This is not why he was, he wasn't circumcised to be saved. He wasn't circumcised to look better as a believer. He was circumcised to be rid of that stumbling block. We do not need to have stumbling blocks between us and lost people. Do you hear what I'm saying? Lost people are not arguments to be won, they're souls to be saved. Do you hear me? We need to get over our stubborn idea that we need to keep our rights. We need to be willing to die for our, to, to our freedoms so that we may reach lost people. When I was in, in, in Haiti, now I was, I was preaching to a group of preachers, but, and so this kind of relates preaching to a group of preachers in Haiti. I had to wear long sleeve, button down, khaki pants, shirt tucked in, dress shoes, and a tie. All right. I had to, in order to preach to these Christians, I had to dress a certain way. If I would have walked in there in jeans or shorts and a polo, which I wanted to because it was hot. It is hot in Haiti. No matter what time of the year you go, it is hot. But man, we wore our long sleeve shirts, ties, tucked in khakis and dress shoes. And we preached. We were willing to die for our freedoms so that we may preach. What freedoms do we need to die for for the sake of the lost? You see, Timothy, <laughs> Timothy suffered <laughs> for the sake of the lost. See here, Timothy is probably 18, young adulthood. He's, he, he's becoming a man. And here Paul takes him to be circumcised. In order to reach the lost. I know another man who shed his blood in order that the lost may be saved. Who came and lived a perfect life and died that horrific death. Another man who, who, who gave up his freedom. I'm talking about Jesus. I hope you understand that. When Jesus was hanging on the, on the cross, they yelled at him, save yourself. Save yourself. He could have. He could have gotten down off that cross. The man, he, he, he raised dead people to life. Surely he could have got himself off the cross, even healed himself and been fine. But he gave up his freedom. He gave up his life so that we may be saved. So number one, we must die to our comforts for the spread of the gospel. Number two, we must die to our freedoms for the sake of the lost. And number three, we must die to ourself for the strength of the church. Look at verse four. As they went on their way through the cities, 
They delivered to them for observance the decisions that had been reached by the apostles and elders who were in Jerusalem. So the churches were strengthened in the faith and they increased in numbers daily. Timothy dies to his comforts, dies to his freedoms, and he dies to himself by going on this missionary journey with Paul. He's risking his life. He was in Lystra when they tried to kill him, when they tried to kill Paul. He knows the risk. He's seen it firsthand. He's willing to risk it all for the sake of the gospel, for the strength of the church. He wants to go see lost people come to know Jesus. He wants to see believers become discipled. He wants to see the church to be strengthened. And he wants to see the church to grow in number. And he's willing to risk his life for it. He's like Paul in Philippians 1.21. For me to live as Christ and to... To die is gain. This mission, this life I live, it is not about me. It is not about my kingdom. It is not about my glory. It's all about God and the gospel. For me to live is Christ. For me to live is to glorify him with all things. Everything I do, whether you eat or drink or whatever you do, do it all to the glory of God. How you work your job, how you love your wife and kids, how you, how you talk to your friends, how you, how you live your, your own discipleship, your own personal holiness. All of that is, is, is glorifying God. And so we must die to ourselves. Church, being in ministry, you, you hear a lot of people um, talk about church. And here at Red Cross, we've, we've made changes over the past few, few years. Nothing drastic, but we've, we're, we're not the same congregation we were five years ago. We're not the same church we were five years ago. We do things a little differently in different areas. And that's a good thing. We're trying to become a healthy church. We're trying to become a biblical church. But the problem happens when we start seeing the church as my church. You can't make changes here because this is, this, that's not how my church is. I've, I've been here for years. It's, this is my, let me, let me tell you something. This is not your church. It's not your church. It's not my church. It's Christ's church. So we must die to ourselves. We must give up our preferences at times. We must give up our time, our money at times. We must give up our very selves for the strength of the Church. You think it takes a pastor to grow a church? You're wrong. It takes a church to grow a church. It's not just on me. It is on all of us. And we've come a long way. I mean, look around. Not many churches can say that they're operating at 110% capacity pre-COVID. 
Do you hear me say that? 110%. Before COVID, we had an attendance of 75 to 80. For the past month, we've been running over 100. It's only by the grace of God. It's not about our preferences. It's about seeing people come to know Christ. We, we, are, we are about to have some baptisms in the next little bit. We, we are. We just had an interview last Sunday. We, 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 we are about to have some people join in church membership. We're seeing people who are gaining a desire for the reading and study of God's Word. We are seeing people grow in discipleship and gain a desire to disciple others. And most importantly, we are seeing a hunger for what the Word of God teaches us. Church, we are called to die to ourselves for the strength of the church. Not just Red Cross Baptist Church, but the church as a whole. The universal, true Christian church. We're here to build God's kingdom. And that's what Timothy is joining Paul to do. To go and build the kingdom. And let me tell you, the rest of the book of Acts, you're about to see that kingdom blow up. God does amazing things. Through the preaching of the gospel. Through men and women who are willing to serve God does amazing things. And so if we want God to use us to be witnesses of new life in Christ, we must be willing to die to ourselves, to give up our preferences, to look to God's Word, to seek Him and what He has for us. Jesus Christ died to Himself for the strength, the purchase, the people of his church. Christ, who was willing to give it all, who was obedient to the point of death. Church, we die to ourselves because Christ died for us. Eric Liddell, as he was in the internment camp, he stayed. I mean, just, just, just that fact. His, his wife and kids left China, went to Canada, fled, were, in, were, were, were safe. 1941, that was when that happened. But between 1941 and 1943, I believe, he was in this internment camp teaching these kids, giving his life, dying to himself. He could have left with his wife and kids and went to safety in Canada, comfort in Canada, freedom in Canada. As he's teaching the kids, he starts having headaches. He starts getting sick. Eric dies in that camp. Just, I believe it was just five months before liberation, he died of an inoperable brain tumor. Surrounded by the ones that he poured into and loved. 
Church, we need to be witnesses who are willing to die to ourselves because of the new life we have in Jesus. Are you willing to do that? I pray you are. If you want to see God do something here at Red Cross, which I'm already seeing, and I'm telling people, I don't know what he's doing, but he's doing something. People are coming out of the woodwork. But if you want to see God do something here, then we need to be a people who will die to ourselves for the sake of the gospel and for the sake of the church. Let's pray. Father God, help us this morning. Help us to be convicted. Help us to see how we can be witnesses of new life in Christ as we die to ourselves. Use us, God, as you see fit. Lord, you are so good and gracious and merciful. We ask this in your son's precious name we pray. Amen.